sometimes an artist wants to make a new piece of art, but they can't think of something wholly original. And instead of just copying something and rebranding it as something else and calling it new and original, they can do something uh, known as adapting. Uh, for instance, the Lord of the Rings film series is an adaptation of the Lord of the Rings book series. And sometimes we get really good new products out of this. We get really cool games based on uh, like Lovecraft and stuff like that. But sometimes we get the Pixels movie with Adam Sandler, which we haven't actually watched. And in today's episode of The Infinite Canvas, we are going to be attempting to make our own little remakes of the Pixels movie. Full disclaimer, um, if you want good content, skip 30 minutes ahead. Uh, I'm only saying that because David, I know for a fact, didn't put the disclaimer in there. Uh, so, uh, enjoy today's episode of the Infinite Canvas Podcast. I'm gonna start recording. Hey, we don't have to count off. Huh? We don't have to count off this time! Yeah! Oh my god, yes! So, uh... <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Infinite Canvas Podcast. If that sounded confusing to you at all... <laughs> Wait, I have confused. We've already started? I guess we have. Uh, you can edit out anything you want, bro. Like, you're you're gonna be much more in control with this episode. Nah, I am totally gonna leave all of this in. Oh, of course you are. I already know that. <laughs> um... So uh, we're back to the Infinite Canvas podcast. We're doing uh, like a uh, a callback to the Paul Blart episode. You guys might have remembered from last time. No, uh, last time. The second time we ever did this. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a while ago we did this, John. Time is a muddled mess to me. It's not really a... <laughs> it's more of a constant than it is divisible. Okay. Um. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, if any of this sounds confusing to you, we started using a different program to record instead of uh, our traditional recording two sessions from two different locations and syncing them up by doing a weird, like, delayed countdown so that David could, like, sync everything up. We're doing uh, uh, multiple um, multiple streams. I think that's what it's called. I forgot. Uh, we're recording both of us talking at the exact same time. So <laughs> what we hear is what we get. And by the way... Whenever we did those count-off things, I, you never heard them, but they were so weird because since what we hear is delayed from when we speak, so I hear I hear you go, one, two, three, and I completely off. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, am I actually thinking these correctly? And yeah, that was a pain in the ass. Sounds like a nightmare. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. Oh shit, I gotta. Well, I don't have to deal with that, but whenever I do start um, editing the sound for uh, for the uh, campaign that I have, uh, that I'm DMing uh, later on, I have to deal with audio shit, which I normally don't deal with, because I'm usually the uh, not that guy. Uh, but hey, uh, I don't want to try to like hedge this conversation like we did with the Paul Bart one because I really didn't. Uh, it's not that I didn't want to do it; it's just that it felt weird talking about a movie I'd never seen, <laughs> and I kind of wanted to avoid the subject a little bit. 
but uh, this time we are going to be doing uh, an episode on uh, on pixels. We're doing a similar thing that we did last time, where we're going to reinterpret the movie based exclusively on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also, uh, technically, it had a short film before that, which uh, I also used as inspiration. I guess you could say. Not Wait, really. It had a short uh, film. Yeah, it's based on a short film. Some guy made a short film on YouTube. Uh, and then Sony Pictures, I think, or Columbia, somebody got the rights to that. And then they're like, hey, we're never going to use this, so let's let Adam Sandler do it for some reason. It wasn't the people from like Rocket Jump, is it? No, uh, Rocket Jump did actually do a spiritual sequel to it. Like, they're not involved with the original. Oh, okay, okay. But Rocket Jump did an amazing job with their yeah. version of it. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what the Pixels movie should have been, but like much, much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we should have just gotten a Pixels short too. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember this first one. I'm gonna have to probably look it up or something. Yeah. Um. I didn't use. It. I mean, I I know it exists, but I didn't really use it for inspiration. But uh, while we're here, David, did you want to uh, give a little synopsis on Pixels? If you know anything about it, or you want to try and guess what the movie's about from the trailer? Oh, God. Well. <clears throat> from the trailer that I have, did you wait? Did you even see the trailer? Or recently see yeah, the trailer? Yeah, I saw the trailer. Okay. Uh, today, I don't think so. Uh, I saw no. it a couple days ago. Not only today, I mean throughout this whole process. I saw it once because I wanted to give myself enough to work with, but not a lot. Okay. Now, typically, I, I did read the synopsis, or at least a, a s- small summary of the mall cop one, whenever we did that one. Right. Um, I didn't for this one. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I mostly got all of it from the trailer. So, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And by you, I don't mean John. I mean the listeners. <clears throat> but if I'm correct, it starts off, I don't remember what year, but I'm pretty sure it's early in the years, like when they first started launching rockets into space, kind of a year. And they decide to launch a rocket that has a lot of uh, mer- memorabilia for, of humans. You know, some of the amazing things that we achieved as humans. And um, one of those things that they wanted to put in there was some retro games, which they did. And they launched that into space. Uh, somehow, I don't know how it happened in the movie, but all that stuff ended up in the hands of aliens who saw this information and didn't see it as, you know, games that humans made. They saw it as way, as military use (laughs) games, I guess. I don't know. Um, So they decided to turn our video games against us by using them in their assault against Earth. So they introduced Centipede. I think Centipede was in there. And uh, what's the name of the ones with the little ships that fly side to side? Uh, those Space Invaders or Galaga? I think one of those two, I guess. I don't know. I don't play much retro games. And then Donkey Kong as well. He was in there. And uh, Pac-Man, which was in the cover. Yeah, forget of... Pac-Man. Yeah, he was in the cover. And so the United States, I'm guessing, decides <clears throat> that it's that the only way to fight back these uh these i don't even know the creatures this 
pixel creations is to hire like world record holders for these games because not even I, current <laughs> ones. I'm pretty sure they're from the they're record holders in the past, but not anymore. <laughs> it's it, it's one of those things where I don't know how having a record in something gives you the mastery in how to combat it in battle. Uh, okay, <clears throat> see, there's this perfect. Okay, I I don't know if you have Hulu, or but for those of you who have Hulu, there's a show that came out called Future Man. I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, basically, it's that same premise, but done better. Um, or at least they take that idea and it's done better. It's where in the future, they oh. send back a video game in the past. And the game has the game is extremely hard. No one has ever beat the game. And so one day, this dude, out of nowhere, at a random day, he, he beats the game. He finds out the secret of how to beat it, and he does it. And then, like, this weird portal opens up in his room, and, it, and you know, these two guys come out. It's a chick and a guy. They come out, and they're like, yes, you did it. You beat the game. He's like, uh, what are you talking about? It's just a game. It's like, no, no. We sent it to the past, because this is actually a training uh, simulator. We, 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 we put this game in the past, because we knew whoever beats this was going to be the savior of our world. And see, that makes more sense. The Can way Pixel did it was weird. Yes. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but we don't even have to record this episode today because that's the answer. <laughs> 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 that's the one we were looking for. But nobody's going to hire us anymore because you just gave them the answer and it was somebody else. <laughs> but no. Okay. No, because <laughs> well, no, the one thing that everyone liked about Pixels is that it brought some retro games into the big screen. That one didn't have any retro games. It had an original game. So there's still a lot of people who would want to watch her movies. Because we have Pac-Man. I don't have Pac-Man. But that, that was a poor example. Sure that's a Pac-Man movie. Uh, <laughs> no, that was a great example. Future Man sounds like what Pixels should have been. If we just put some pixels in it, I think it will be fine. <laughs> it had nothing to do about video games. It just happened to all occur because of a video game. But... No, dude, this is perfect. It's like, oh, no, no. So, like, uh, reinterpreting Future Man, it would be like if you took the concept of pixels, but instead of having the monsters be all pixelated and stuff, they do look realistic. But when they're created, they come from a pixelated video game <laughs> and they're reconstructed as real. <laughs> now, what's more terrifying, a giant pixelated Pac Man or a giant flesh Pac Man? Um. I'll tell you which one sounds more terrifying to me, and it's the one that's not pixelated. <laughs> Wait, would Pac-Man be fleshy? I, w- I see him as being a bit fluffy, like, covered in fur. <gasps> no, my dude, he <laughs> would be fleshy! He looks like a ghoul! <laughs> he would look like a freaking like, like a decrepit old, like, oh sack of skin! See, I always love him being hairy, like, nice and fluffy, like a nice fluffy ball. No, Pac-Man is a thing of nightmares if he was real! <gasps> Oh, okay. Well, um, at least we can, we can, uh, we, we, we have hope that none of that would become reality. But you know what I hope does become reality? <laughs> the fact that I think that I kept with the original script, but just, like, changed, like, I just, okay, so, again, going with, uh, I proceeded with the, um, with the, uh, Paul Bart one. Yes. I think... 
I just kept what I think happened and then like modified it to sound a little bit better. Um, or at least the way I like if somebody handed me the trailer and said this is the movie, I'm like, okay, I'll respect that. But I'm also going to change how I think everything plays out. Uh, so I don't know what the movie was trying to achieve. I don't know what the theme of the movie was. What do you know? Nostalgia. What the theme of the movie was? Okay, so it's nostalgia. Um, I didn't know what it was. I I thought it was like, oh, nostalgia, like nostalgia's cool and stuff. So like, I thought, okay, this is probably the theme that a smart person would have went with. Um, it's a super easy one, and it's something that I've noticed around in today's day. And it's that nostalgia is nice and all, but it can be kind of destructive. Um, because it's backwards thinking. It prevents us from uh, moving on forward. But at the same time, nostalgia is also a form of inspiration. Because if we didn't have nostalgia, uh, games like Undertale would never have been made. Because they never would have been... Um, if, if it wasn't for the nostalgia of Earthbound, we never would have got that. If it wasn't for the nostalgia of the Flesher animation, we wouldn't have Cuphead, uh, and, you know, so on and so forth. You wouldn't have uh, reinterpretations like that if it wasn't for nostalgia. And so that's kind of what I wanted to go with this. So the plot, for the most part, remains kind of the same. And it focuses on nostalgia, and not just the monsters, but also kind of like how it affects people and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, from what I can muster, the four main characters... Uh, who I actually looked up their names because I didn't want to just give them fake names. Um, <laughs> Sam is played mm -hmm. by... Uh, sorry, I forgot his name. Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Adam Savage, and I'm like, that's not right. Um, Will is played by our lord and god, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop, also known as Kevin James. Um, uh, there's a dude named Eddie. He's played by... Peter Dinklage. Uh, mm -hmm. who we all know from the uh, Fantasy oh, Dragon show. I totally uh, forgot he was in there. Seen. Or uh, as I remember him as Simon Bar Sinister from the Underdog movie that apparently people didn't like. Um, <laughs> and uh, some dude named Ludlow or Ludlow. I don't know how to say his name, so I'm going to say Ludlow. Uh, he's a dork. Uh, very clearly he's the nerd of the group, which is saying a lot considering they're a bunch of uh, washed up people that used to play video games. Wait, you're talking about the characters in the movie, not the actual people, right? Yes, I'm talking about <laughs> the characters in the movies. Okay. Uh, oh, I remember his name. His name is Josh Gad. I don't know where he's from. I just know him from this. I looked up his name, so. Alright. Um, so it starts off with where they were in, uh, in the 80s. I don't know how old they would have been, but I'm just assuming they were still adults. And uh, they're all... You know, in the arcade, playing their video games, and there's people around from uh, around this time, older people, and they're like, "Oh, look, look at these people just wasting their lives on this on this shit. Like, do they have nothing better else to do?" <laughs> uh, and then you know, the the guys are kind of like down on uh, down, and they're like, "Oh man, no, you know what? Don't let them give a shit. Like, we're gonna, it's like we're gonna win this competition, and we're gonna make a bunch of money, get a bunch of sponsors and stuff, and just keep doing this for the rest of our lives." Uh, unfortunately, the uh, video game crash uh, happened, and video games became kind of a uh, not too um, competitive thing for a while, and so uh, that kind of died out, and they decided that they had to grow up, you know, because they're young adults, 
they realize that their lives can't be dedicated to this thing that doesn't go anywhere. So uh, Sam uh, decides that he is going to go to college and actually get a life. Uh, he ends up getting married. and uh, But in the back of his head, he's just like, Ah, oh, man, good old days when we played video games and I was super good at, uh, I think, Pac-Man. I think he's the one who was good at Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was super good at Pac-Man and stuff. I'm gonna tell my kid, like, I'm gonna tell my kids about this. They'll be so proud of me. He's like, "Hey, kids, I used to play Pac-Man when I was a kid. I used to be super good at it. I was the, I was the champion." And they're like, <laughs> okay. they're like playing their Xbox games. They're like, "Cool, cool, Dad." Like, so, like everyone can play Pac-Man though. So, like, who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh what's his name? Uh, Will, uh, the Paul Blart character dude, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin James. He becomes president of the United States because he decides, hey, you know, I'm going to go into politics. Um, And prior to the scene of the movie, he uh, actually meets Paul Blart and gives him a medal. If anybody saw our Paul Blart episode, you'll know exactly what that is. Uh, (laughs) um, thing, I like how you still want to keep those two worlds tied in together. Uh, um, Again, masterpiece of, of a movie. The cinematic universe, right? <laughs> uh, Not everybody's the cinematic universe, but no, okay. But the Adam Sandler movies in a cinematic universe. <laughs> um, let's see. There's uh, Eddie. He uh, so he's a little different. He's he was kind of a uh, screwball when it comes to the other guys. He was the most aggressive, physically aggressive of the bunch. I don't know if that had anything to do with him being short and just being made fun of all the time, and he kind of just got used to not uh taking shit from people and just kind of like punching them and shit mm-hmm. but he um he was super good at donkey kong uh eventually he uh he kind of gave up because his life wasn't going anywhere and kind of out of a depressive state he decides to enroll in the army uh i don't know the exact thing that i wanted him to do but i did want him to be dishonorably discharged which basically just means that he uh he did some ob- uh, some objectively kind of cruel things to other people, and they just decided oh, he wasn't God. worth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they just kind of arrested him and just kind. Of... He's in prison now for uh, for pretty violent crimes in the in the military. Uh, so now they're in there. Oh, and then the last dude, his name is Ludlow. Uh, he decided to never stop playing video games, uh, <laughs> and uh, he recently became a YouTuber. Uh, so he is a. Um, he is a, uh, uh, what do you call it? an expert in his field. Now, I don't know how the movie handled this. It sounds like they're just a bunch of nobodies that just knows the president, and that's why they get recruited. So okay. I wanted to give their new lives some level of importance. So I made Adam Sandler's character, Sam, uh, a kind of an important figure in the government itself. Uh, not very high up. He just works for the government. He's a, he just works on computers and stuff. He's a tech expert. And so that gives us an actual idea of why he's involved in all of this shit. I don't know what his job was in the original, but I have a feeling it was like some dude at a Best Buy, probably. Oh, I thought he was, he looked more like someone that played a janitorial role. Yeah, like, so, yeah, like, I get exactly what you're talking about. That's what it feels like to me that they were going for. Um, Eddie is in prison. Um, Kevin James is president for some reason <laughs> or another. Then again, I really... That is kind of true to life nowadays, but I don't think they were expecting anything as bizarre as that back then when they made this movie. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that goes on for a while. Uh, they live their lives. And then uh, I, 
Okay, I wrote this, and then I realized later that this sounds a lot like a Doctor Who thing, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, they get visited by a bunch of Cuberts and Smurfs. They're just very small, kind of uh, pixelated creatures. And people kind of like, you know, get fascinated by this. So, the Cuberts and the Smurfs kind of like, you know, talk to people and stuff, and they're like, oh, they're so cute. And then, you know, humanity's like, oh, we got alien visitors, and they're really nice. And, uh, can I just say something really quick? Uh, sure. Uh, when I said, hey, I, think, I feel like I stole this from Doctor Who, I was thinking of the Black Cubes. But then I remembered that they did this thing, they did this exact same thing twice. They did this with the Troglophidarians, or whatever they were called. The ball people. They just, like, they were really nice, and then they turned evil. When um when the master sorry if nobody knows what Doctor Who is uh when the master comes uh to Earth oh also spoilers if you're for okay. some reason stuck on the season of Doctor Who um <laughs> when the <laughs> when the master comes back on Earth and he's prime minister and then he's like oh look at all these ball people they're really nice and sweet and they're like they become servants and stuff uh and so then they uh you know they're really nice and sweet everybody has one and then they attack and kill everyone uh so. I'm sorry. Sometimes when you say things out loud, you realize where you stole them from. Um, <laughs> damn. I can't say the rest of this now. Uh, I'm going to stick with it, knowing full well that I just took this from somewhere else, and I, that was not my intention. But the Cubers of the Smurfs are really nice, sweet, adorable scouts. They just kind of, like, hang around. And then the U.S. government decides to start dissecting them. Oh, God. What else would you do with aliens that are non-organic? Or in, sorry, inorganic. They dissect them. Now, here's the thing. The pixels, which is what they're being called, because I refuse to just keep calling them the alien creatures. Uh, the pixels um, actually were peaceful. They wanted to know more about Earth culture. Mm -hmm. They got the message. They are peaceful. And so then they, uh, they came down to Earth, and they're just trying to hang out and have a good time. Now, when the U.S. government starts dissecting them, the pixels find out that humans are kind of fucked up. And so they send a message back to the Pixel home base, uh, which uh, I will call the desktop. I don't know why I'm calling it the desktop. That's the name of their planet now, or their home ship, whatever it's called. I'm calling it the desktop. So they send a message back to the desktop, and it's like, hey, uh, the humans are violent, aggressive assholes. We need to annihilate them before they can kill anything else. And then the, the desktop's like, yeah, sure. Uh, we're going to send a couple of uh, troops at them. Uh, they send their first wave to attack them the earth they are space invaders and uh when they attack they notice that they that they pixelate whatever they touch mm -hmm. now the u.s government is not prepared for this and they uh start they try to attack the space invaders to no avail none of their weapons do any damage to these creatures because anything that touches them become pixelated mm -hmm. so um as human beings do as americans do as Americans do we come up with conspiracies and there's a ton of conspiracies and one guy who is right on this conspiracy is Ludlow, the mm -hmm. the weird dork guy who's also a YouTuber, and so he's uh, full front on this uh, on this idea that hey, uh, I have a feeling that I know exactly why the aliens are attacking us, and so then uh, he ends up uh, trying to come into contact with the president. Can't even though they used to be friends when they were younger, and decides, uh, Sam. Sam used to work for the president. So he contacts Sam. He, he can't get into contact with him. So he decides to actually find his house and just, like, kind of awkwardly, like, 
gets in his house. Not he doesn't break in. He just kind of like knocks on his door and Sam is just like, "What are you? It's been years, like twenty years. How did you find me? What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't you see like we're 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 stressed out? We're under attack by these alien creatures. And he's just like, I found out. I found out what's going on. <laughs> and he's just like, No hello, no phone call first. This is what you start off with. I know what's going on. And he's just like. They're video games! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then the, he, uh, he kind of talks them into it and explains to them what's going on. And, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, they end up trying to, uh, they end up going back to the, uh, to where he works, uh, which I assume would be the White House? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he drives over there, they're actually chased by some space invaders, they, uh, it's like a chase scene where it's very one-sided. Only one of them has weapons, uh, and they try to escape. And, um, they end up, uh, kind of evading it, but their car gets destroyed in the process. They end up at the White House, and the, uh, invaders end up stopping their attack. And then, uh, they, uh, they end up, uh, coming into contact with the, uh, with the military, the president, and they're like, so... Been a while since I've seen the two of you guys. Uh, I'm really surprised that uh, this is how we're bumping into each other again. And then, after kind of convincing what's going on, they're like, alright, these things that we're attacking can't be harmed by conventional weapons. This is the president. They can't be harmed by conventional weapons. But, we've been studying these guys for a while now, and we think we have a way around them. And then uh, I actually looked up one of the characters' names because I saw her in the trailer and I wanted to know what her name was just so I could like not give her a new name. And it was Lieutenant Colonel Violet. Mm-hmm. Violet comes in and she's like, so I hope you guys like video games because we come up with this uh, with this interesting thing. So after dissecting these creatures for a while, we learn how to emulate them. And <laughs> I like that word just because if you play video games, you know what that means. <sighs> Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to fight fire with fire, and they're going to uh, fight the pixels with pixels. Uh, and so then they create, uh, they say that between waves, uh, and uh, as they, as the, uh, the as Violet keeps on describing it, she uses waves of attacks. Adam Sandler's character, Sam's just like, no, wait, better idea, levels. Because <laughs> uh, if you're going to make this movie cringy, make it cringy, right? It's like, no, levels. You know, as I say all this shit, I feel like I'm making the movie worse, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I made it anything better. Uh, I, while this is all going on, people over the United States are like, oh, we're under apocalypse. because uh, We're under an apocalypse. And it's all because of video games. See, we told you back in the 90s and oh, the 80s that God. video games were the devil. Like, we knew what was going on. And then, you know, you see a bunch of church people like... It's like, uh, it's like, God has smited us because of your, your dang devil worshiping your video games and your Dungeons and Dragons and all this stuff. It's all evil. We told you guys. And then, you know, you get a bunch of kids who are like, oh shit, they were right. Who knew video games were actually violent? Uh, so, you know, we get that kind of stuff. Um, I like how you went all southern there. <laughs> oh, thanks. I've been practicing. Uh... <laughs> Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the world kind of gets under this mindset that nostalgia is the reason why everything has been going on. Uh, so they reveal the, uh, the emulated pixels to the team and they're like, these devices are called power-ups. 
They're, they give you guys literal power-ups like you would expect. And the reason why they picked people who worked in video games is because they have a better understanding of how they have a because of how the power-ups work essentially they're designed in a way where they're intuitive to uh, video games uh because of the way that the pixels operate uh pixelated weapons tend to not react very well when they're used by someone who doesn't understand their control or the motion of the device and so then like anybody could use them but it requires a certain amount of like actual like uh Skill. I, I'm trying too, too, too hard to explain why only they can use it. Okay. Um, so it seems like you're really stretching it out, but okay. I am. I'm sorry I am. <laughs> uh, and so then... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Ludlow's character ends up uh, actually kind of like... He's been nervous and kind of shy and stuff this whole point in his life. And the, uh, the video game uh, expert persona that he kind of gave off uh, kind of is the opposite of that. So in real life, he's a he's a mess of a socially awkward person. But in the uh, uh, in the video game community, he is actually pretty confident. So then he decides that he's going to rile up all of his uh, video gaming um, uh, fan base, which is a lot. He's like the PewDiePie of this universe. Uh, and oh God. yeah, uh, he's not he's not a weird bro person though. He's just like okay. super dorky. So he's actually he's more like a Markiplier, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, he's really dorky. I guess. Hey, everybody! Um, I'm Ludlow. I've never seen Markiplier. I just assume he sounds like that. I'm Ludlow, and uh, I play video games and stuff. Let's get to it. All uh, I know about Markiplier is that he cries a lot. So all I know is that his brother makes a furry web comic, and it was number one on top web comics for the longest time. <laughs> That's where the fan base is at. Uh, I mean, we were on the same page as them at some point, by the way. Uh, we were on, like, the top 50 spots, and he was still number one or number two. So we were we were this close to Markiplier's weird brother. Uh... You know, like, the gap between those are, like, very huge. Like, yeah, we're 50, but the gap is still extremely huge. It's like the one you go down, it's exponential. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we were on the same page, though. Okay, <laughs> so let me have this. <laughs> um, I apologize. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So then they reveal that they're working on some other, uh, some other pix- uh, some uh, pixelated shielding that would basically make them invincible. But the downside is that they're vehicles, and that's what the ghosts are. They're uh, they would protect them from the pixel creatures. And so then, um... You're still keeping the cars? Yes, I'm still keeping the cars. They were the worst part of the trailer, but I had to... Uh, but I'm like, they get invincibility power-ups. Wait, hold on. Then they could just beat the bad guys and with weapons and stuff. Okay, it'll just be to protect them. Uh, so it'll be like a ball or a sphere or something. I'm like, uh... But wouldn't it be... Oh, shit, the cars. Fine, I'll keep the cars. Uh... <laughs> but I feel like if you explain why they exist and not just these are your ghosts because <laughs> pac-man has ghosts like no they're they're still called ghosts because of pac-man but they have a functional purpose other than just being cars um oh by the way if you haven't noticed i, I didn't put eddie in this uh part of the movie yet so uh i'm just going to he he never ended up becoming important so 
I'm editing this now. Eddie's not in the movie at all. I'm sorry. Um, so wait, why did you put him in? I was trying to write him like in my notes here. I'm just like, and Eddie shows up. Uh, that doesn't work. I'm just gonna write him out. Uh, <laughs> retcon the beginning of this episode when I said Eddie and Peter Dinklage and also not in the movie. Um, he was he's like, a necessary character. I mean, yeah, but he was like the only thing, only thing that made me even want to watch it. Really. <laughs> You sure it wasn't Paul Blart, President <laughs> Cop? Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, a few days pass, uh, and they, uh, they, tra- they train, finding some uh, emulated centipedes and stuff, and they're uh, attacked by the fourth level. The fourth level shows up, uh, kind of traditional, what they, what they would be expecting. This time, however, they're using pixels against them. So it's not just the military and a bunch of nerds and the four main characters, three main characters uh, using pixels uh, uh, to fight back. But now they're also using other pixelated creatures. And here's the thing. Because um, uh, Adam Sandler's character is this computer expert. He's got kids who play Call of Duty and stuff. They are making like brand new like pixelated creatures who are like master chief this is basically uh, uh ready player one at this point uh master chief you got ryu you got a bunch of new characters and they're wrecking shop and so the desktop's like you know what and they want to play big we'll play big and so then they send the fifth wave which is considered like the final wave and they send like a bunch of pac-men down to like different places on the earth now I know that in the movie it looked like there was one big Pac-Man that was attacking mm-hmm. one city, but I wanted to imagine this as being like every city has a Pac-Man. Mm, they are playing hard. Even though there's only two Pac-Mans in existence, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and Baby Pac-Man. That's three, I think. That I'm there's counting. wait, what Baby Pac-Man? He's not in. He's not a playable character, but they have a baby. Oh. Also, have you ever played Pac-Man Fever? Or uh, no, I think what it's called. Uh, Pac-Mania, I think is what it's called. If you ever go to an arcade, there is a four-player Pac-Man game where you play as a blue one, a yellow one, well, you know, the obvious regular one, uh, a green, not a green one, a purple one, and a pink one. So there are technically, canonically, more than five, there are five, at least five or six Pac-Man. But I don't think that the Pixels care about how many Pac-Man there are, like, canonically, in the story of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think the story came with the instructions. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so every city's getting a Pac-Man attack, and they find, they're trying to stop all of them, but they can't, there's just too many. Uh, and so then, the desktop materializes itself down on the planet to kind of, like, give a message. Uh, and to, to be just basically like, this is what you get for being a bunch of assholes to us. You know, this is our revenge against you. And it's, like, talking in, like, a weird guttural English kind of thing. Here's the thing, though. The desktop comes down in the form of donkey kong so that's where we get the donkey kong character from it's not just a bunch of random stuff um uh, mm-hmm. and so then the u.s government kind of figures out okay so if this is the main one then that must mean that if we kill the main one we kill all of them and they're basically you know, like chitari this where it's like you destroy the portal you kill all of them you know like you you, you get the idea mm-hmm. so like they're like okay so we just got to fight this last one so they get them in their ghosts and they go try to chase down donkey kong and I think from the trailer, I saw this happen. When they got close enough to Donkey Kong, they actually ended up in another dimension. They got pixelated into another dimension. And so then I kind of thought it would be kind of cool where when they got close enough to the desktop, it kind of like tried to show them that it was strong enough to kind of like kill them and stuff. 
So it's just like, I'll humor you. Like, I'll, I'll repixelate you back into my home dimension. And this is where I'm going to kill you. And so then it basically becomes like a, um, like a video game fight at this point. And mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to end. I just assume they win because it's a <laughs> kid's movie. Uh, yeah, and uh, they're inside the pixelated world. They end up uh, fighting Donkey Kong. And they find out that the um, pixel creature's weakness is that they rely too much on patterns and pattern recognition. Which is touched on in the trailer where Adam Sandler's character is like, you got to... Uh, and you gotta look at and anticipate the pattern, and you gotta like adjust yourself to that or some lot. And Donkey Kong is his first game, and uh, the beat thing, it's over, and that's how much I wrote. And this movie <laughs> sucks more than it used to. So like, the Rotten Tomatoes version of this, it's like, oh, it got like a sixteen percent or some lot, minus like a two percent. So like, I just made the movie worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. That with with the excluding of uh, Peter Dinklage, I think yeah. so. Um, I swear this could have been the exact same movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at the bright side. At least I try to explain everything. I don't think they try to explain anything. <laughs> oh my god! I just described the movie. Oh my god, there's a bad taste in my mouth. Hey, John, so what's your movie going to be about since you spent like 30 minutes describing what the actual movie was about? (laughs) Oh my god! So you're just at this point, you're like, so John, uh, quick question. Yeah? Uh, So now that you're done describing the movie, (laughs) you want to tell us what what your movie's going to be about? Uh, Yeah. Um... You remember that, you know, the Hulu show, Future Man? It's just going to be that. (laughs) (laughs) So in this fictional universe, in which we have to, like, turn in this thing as a deadline to somebody who's going to adapt this, it's like, so, um, you're telling me that your adaptation is basically the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just going to go with Future Man. (laughs) So, David. Um. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's no, all it's good. Not. I'm leaving the podcast. We couldn't even make it to ten episodes. It's just the David show now. Good luck. Just um, I mean, look at the bright side. <laughs> the uh, finite canvas. <laughs> I like, couldn't think outside the box. Um, this movie's nothing but cubes, and I couldn't think outside of it. Um, I, I w- I, all I was going to say is that you have a, um, a future working with Adam Sandler in creating movies. Hey, I have a suggestion. I know you don't like to edit things, but this I feel like this episode is only going to be like 30 minutes long. <laughs> so if, um, hey, if you guys are tuning in right now, uh, that's because um, uh, David edited out about 30 minutes of dialogue where I just described the Pixels movie instead of reinventing it. I just invented the wheel again. <laughs> and if you had to hear all of that, well, uh, David is going to add in this message that I'm about to say at the beginning. Disclaimer, if you are listening to this part of the episode, skip 30 minutes ahead. <laughs> See, I'm going to be the mean guy and put this at the end of 30 minutes. So they'll be like, why did he put this at the beginning? <laughs> Spoiler alert! John's idea was unimaginative and shitty. Oh. 
<laughs> at least, at least now I can say I watched the movie. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> I never even watched it. <laughs> oh my! Um, it's all good, man. It's all no, good. No, it's not. <laughs> just, keep, just do yours before you keep on defending me. I know you're defending me out of pity. <laughs> Okay. You know, this is the best comedy we've probably had on this show, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> well, if you look at the bright side here, if, I, if, if the scenario ever came out that they came in, gave me their rough draft of what they wanted, and then I was supposed to, you know, adapt it, I would probably get in trouble because I changed the whole thing. Like, literally nothing from the original movie is in this, uh, in my version of it. Um, so, um, if, if I may, I'll be going next. Okay, so. I'll, I'll give you an extra 30 minutes if you want. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, none of, okay, so, my movie, everything is totally different. Do not have the same actors, because I actually wanted to make a good movie here. So I changed it up a bit. Okay. It starts off the same as the first one, which I think this is how the first one started off. I'm not sure. But it's NASA shooting a a, a, a missile. Oh, not a missile. A, a pod <laughs> up in space with, uh, you know, things that they think best represent humanity. So they load up some, uh, some music in their art some math problems because anytime they send anything up to space, it has to have math in it. Um, and then the president of the United States decides to add something else in there. Some video games. Cause he's a video game nerd or he used to be a video game nerd. And so he decides to put some, uh, retro games in there. And, uh, and so they, you know, the, the movie starts off with, them loading up a uh, a little pod with certain stuff, and you find out that the head research team or the person in charge of the this mission is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there is something very different about him. Okay, I want to do the same thing they did to uh, uh, which Chris Evans in the Captain America movie. The first one, and oh make up very, very bony. I mean, as bony as they can, possibly can, within the budgets. Mm-hmm. So he's a very nerdy guy, very, like, no muscle on this dude whatsoever. And he's a bit shorter. And so he's he's in charge of this mission. And so, so they get all this stuff loaded up into the pod, and they launch it into space. And this takes place a little bit closer to the future, I guess. And um, once they launch it up, they start, uh, you know, they're they're in mission control and they're studying and observing the pod to see how it's doing, the readings and all of that. And also because on the pod, they also installed a very uh, advanced camera on there that to take pictures of the planets and the moons of the planets as it passes. And so, and it's also traveling at very high speed. And so, 
they're hoping to get to not only you know send this message out to the universe of humans existing and what they can offer, but they also want to try to get as many pictures of what's out there. And so, this thing is traveling. Uh, I had to do some research to see, you know, what is considered fast. And I, according to the internet, the fastest plane we have travels at Mach 7. Uh, so, I was like, you know what? This is a bit in the future. This thing is traveling about twice as fast as that. So, on the third year of this mission, the pod gets to Jupiter. And this is the first time they're going to take these advanced photos of Jupiter. You know, they're going to get pretty close to the surface and uh, they're going to be able to take the, uh, pretty good pictures of the moons of Jupiter. And so, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I name uh, Ricky. Yes. Yes. I don't remember him in the trailer. <laughs> he was not in the trailer. He was not in the movie. Oh, wait. Yes. When you say that you were remaking everything. Yes. Did you replace all the actors or just most of them? No, I replaced everything. Everything? Yes, everything. Everything went? Uh, yes. So I... when Adam Sandler approached you with this, he's like, I want you to modify my movie. You're like, okay, cool. So we're replacing everyone, including you. I own the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> you signed I... the contract. <laughs> I told you I was going to get in trouble for this. But I also said I wanted to make a good movie. Um, uh, uh, maybe Paul Blart makes an appearance in a mall that gets destroyed. I don't no. know. <laughs> but, um, oh my god, I forgot where I was. Uh, Jupiter's Moons, I think it was after that. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh... Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I've named uh, Ricky, uh, he's uh, he's excited because they're waiting for those photos to come in. It's like every every two three seconds, the the little pod sends photos back to us or to the mission control, and so they're excited. Like, oh, these will be the first close up images we're gonna get of Jupiter, and uh, three years. It took it takes it three years to get to Jupiter, and so they finally start receiving images of Jupiter. And it's like, oh, oh my God, you know, this is you know, a advancement in science and all of that. And the only thing is that they re- uh, about middle of the day they receive one more picture, and it has like a lens flare, and they're a little bit confused. It's like you know, it shouldn't have a lens flare. We'll wait and see on uh, when the when, you know, the next picture comes in. And the thing is, again, like I said, they, they receive pictures, like, every three seconds, every three, four seconds. And those, like, seconds pass, they don't receive anything. Hmm. And then on their computers, it they don't read the pod at all. Like, it's gone. It disappeared from the face of the world. And they're, like, panicking, because they spent a lot of money on this. And just to lose it like that, they're like, oh, they're checking the readings and all of that. And according to the readings, everything's okay. You know, the pod was at 100% uh, from the moment it's at last picture to the moment, you know, it just magically disappeared. 
And so they're nervous. They're nervous. They're like, oh, crap. How are we going to explain this to the president? You know, we spent so much money on this. We can just lose a pod like this. It's like billions of dollars worth of equipment just lost. And uh, months pass. Like, about three months pass. And then it's like, out of nowhere, they hear, like, a bing. They're like, wait, what, what, what was that? And it's a photo. And it's... It's a weird photo. It's like, they know it's coming from the pod, but it's like a picture of empty space. And they receive another photo. Same thing, empty space. And just, they just constantly keep receiving photos of just empty, empty space. Until the last photo it sends, sends a picture of some kind of metallic object. And then nothing again. And they're looking at the readings, and they can't find the pod. It's not registering anywhere. So they're like, how are we still receiving these? And what was this picture? It, the last picture I sent. So they're they're confused. They're like, wait, did did we bump into life? Is there life out there? Is this what this is? And so they're a bit, you know, they're a bit excited because they found it. They found something showing that there's something out there. But they're also nervous because they still can't find their pod. And so uh, Ricky, or The Rock, goes and visits the president. And while he's walking up to the president's office, he runs into a familiar face who in the movie is called Aaron. But many people will uh, see remember him as Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man. He plays the role of the personal assistant of the president. He is, uh, I I do know that the president has, like, a giant staff, but this is the dude. He's the the main guy that he always relies on, mostly because he tries to work really hard to uh, impress the president, because he kind of is in love with the president's daughter. He has a little crush on the president's daughter. Oh, for a second there, I thought you said, with the president. No. And I was just like, oh, I wonder who the president is. Oh, no. No, John. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, oh, I'm excited now for who the president is. <laughs> and so, Ricky, or The Rock, uh, walks up to uh, Aaron, who played by Tom Holland, and is in, and has a crush on the president's daughter. Uh, to tell him that he's here to meet the president. He has news for them. And uh, they made a major discovery. And they need to know what's next. What's the next action for this. And he goes like, okay, okay. Um, I think he's free. You can come in. And so Aaron walks, uh, leads um, Ricky into the office. And he goes like, Mr. President, Mr. President. He slams the picture on the desk. He's like, we found life. There's something out there. And he turns his chair around, and it's Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh, God. I take back what I said. <laughs> I just remembered the president has to be at least 35 years old. That was going to be weird no matter what. <laughs> and um, his name is Henry Ford. I don't know if he had a president named Henry Ford before. He did. Oh, he did? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you specifically named him as a reference to him. Wait, did we? No, wait. No, I Henry Ford's the car guy, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, no, I don't think we had a president. In okay, Ford. I wanted to make sure. I, if you're not on money, or had like a movie made after you, 
I don't know any other presidents. Um, and no, this is not Henry Ford, the card guy as well. It's just, I thought that was a pretty good president name. Um, so Liam Neeson or Henry or president Ford. Um, he takes, he, he's looking at the photos. It's like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm going to need you to, uh, you don't tell anybody, you know, we can't let the, you can't let this out to the public because there going to be panic everywhere. Uh, just keep on, um, monitoring this, um, you know, monitoring the situation and get back to me if there's any more advancements in what's going on. And just so I can introduce the other characters, uh, oh God, where, I forgot where I put their names at on my little thingamabob. Um, in comes his wife and his daughter. So you can see that they're there and, um, and his daughter, his wife, I can't find where I wrote it down, but I, uh, I went with, uh, I don't know if you remember Hunger Games. Uh, no, the president's wife. Oh, no, this is going to be the president. No, this is going to be the president's wife. And it's the girl that had in the first movie that had all that white makeup. It made that it was oh, picking out Elizabeth the name. Banks. Yes, 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 I can't remember. She I... made it, She did a great uh, uh, re- 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 Rita Repulsa, also Wildstyle from the Lego yeah. movie. <laughs> but yes, I chose her. I thought she would make a good, uh, a good president's wife. And then for uh, the president's daughter, I wasn't sure who to pick for this. Um. The first one was Sarah, uh, Sarah Hayland, which is the oldest daughter from the, uh, I don't know if you've seen Modern Family. Mm-mm. Uh, well, that's her. And then I also picked, uh, the girl, uh, who was in the Fought in Our Stars and, uh, Ender Game. I don't know if you've seen that. Was... Uh, what's the name of that girl? Um... Uh, I can't find it. All I know is her name. Her last name is Woodley, I think. Woodley. Okay, doesn't matter. But I wasn't sure which one of those two to pick. I was going with Emma Stone first, but then I was like, nah. Uh, um, I thought you were gonna say Emma Stone at first for some reason, and I'm just like, I swear to God, he says Emma Stone. I was gonna make a Spider Gwen joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have had her. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, uh, and she she did not make my list, so I'm not gonna put her on there. <laughs> okay, okay. So whichever of these two girls seems better for the role uh, that they're going to play, um, then I'll choose them. Whichever one is there. But yeah, they walk in and just to show that they that these people exist, and um, also during this, the Rock goes home and. Or Ricky goes home, so you also see that he has two kids. So, just for those characters can be, you know, cemented in the movie. So, they just don't come out of random. Uh, we introduce the wife and daughter of the president. And uh, Ricky, or The Rock's two kids that he has. And so, a few days pass. And, uh, after, you know, they're still observing what's happening with the pod. And... Next thing you know, they start getting readings. Like, hey, something has popped up, you know, in our radar thing. It's like, oh, great, did you find the pod? And I'm like, 
uh, no, it's not the pod. He's like, oh, well, how do you know? Like, what is it? Well, we know it's not the pod because we're reading three objects, and they're pretty huge. He's like, wait, uh, what do you mean? Like, uh, where are they? They're like, well, they're reading that they're in the same location where the pod went missing. So they're around Jupiter. It's like, okay, um, you know, what what are the readings saying? It's like, they're heading toward Earth at very high speed. It's like, how long do you think we have? Um, well, according to my calculations, we have about three days before they get to Earth. And they're like, oh shit, you know, they go back to the president and um face and they tell they tell him that hey uh there's three objects that our people found uh around the same area where the pod went missing and uh but they're saying that they're heading towards earth at a very high speed and like oh how long is it going to take us to get here it's like oh we got 3 days to prepare whatever we're going to do it's like okay you know what get get our military get every get everything you know we're 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 going uh i don't know arizona i don't know where they will go to launch these missiles but uh they will prepare everything and see what we can do and so the three days pass and they see these objects come into our atmosphere and you know there's they're like okay we're gonna try to send a signal to them to turn back or to uh, hope what they're doing. So they're sending radio signals up into the air to see if they pick any uh, anything up. And there's nothing. There's no response, no nothing. And they finally make it into, you know, our Earth atmosphere. They, you know, break into Earth's border, I guess, if you will say. And so it leaves them nothing with no other choice but to fire on the, the three objects. And so they fire up. All the missiles, everything hits, and they split apart. And at first, they think that it was because of the damage that they took. But the objects were meant to break apart. And they, and out of each, out of two of the missiles or two of the objects, uh, two smaller objects fly out of it, and they just zoom across the sky. And out of the third object, one smaller object flies out of that one. And that also zooms off. They find out that each one of them is like a pillar or a tower that lands in a major city. Uh, one lands in New York, one in LA, one in Miami, and only because I wanted to add Texas in there, one in Austin. <laughs> uh, that's a major city. Yeah. Um, and the 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 biggest of the uh, of the five things that broke off actually landed on the White House. Like, literally smushed... On the White House. Yeah, it literally <laughs> landed on the White House. So, it's, like, gone. And, um... A few hours after all of that... All that lands and all of that happens, um, every electronic in the area starts receiving a message. And it's a video message. And you can't make out who's talking or anything. It's just three shadowy beings are talking. And they're like, well, and they're like, <clears throat> uh, we have landed on your planet in hopes of owning it. Uh, we thought we've killed your leader upon landing, but from the look of the wreckage, he was not here. 
So I'm pretty sure that he's listening to this message. Now, we wanted to come in here and take your planet by force. But we'll give you the better option. Surrender your planet to us. And we'll honor y'all with being our slaves. And they're like, no, you know, we're not going to do this. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait. We'll give you 24 hours. And then he goes like, we sent a, uh, we sent a, you know, a personalized message to the president's phone. So he's the only one that receives it. And there's like a message saying, uh, will you give me your planet? And there's like a, a box check. Yes. Box check. No. And I'm like, yep. So whenever you're ready to give us our planet, your planet, just check the yes box and we'll take over from here. And it goes like, again, you got 24 hours. And so there's a countdown going on, and um, they're like, okay, we, uh, we're, one, we're not going to give, wait, you have hay on there, what's hay? It means I want to interrupt you without saying anything, so uh. it would be awkward. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I just, whenever an alien says anything about, like, you got 24 hours, it's like, how do you, do your hours work the same way on your planet, too? Well, I'm sorry. Just that's just a nitpick. It's not against your story. It's just like I. That's always something that's been bothering me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you tell your story. Okay. Well, what I wrote down here wasn't 24 hours. <laughs> I said you have one day. I'm sorry. And no, so... that's nothing against you. That's just a common trope. No. Okay. Well, I mean, what I okay, again, what I wrote down was you have one day, and so that could easily be timed by how long it takes the Earth to spin. I just said 24 hours because I lost my spot on here. And so I just said 24 hours. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all good. Um, he tells them you got one day to um, answer us back. And so he goes like, the president, Liam Neeson, is like, uh, you know, no, we can't give up. We can't give our planet up to terrorists or none of that. So he goes like, okay, so these things landed. Let's let's go to the closest one and um and see what information we could get from them. And so depending on where they are, I kinda want them to go to LA first and go to that tower. And so they head down there and they're met by a research team that's already there, it's already analyzing the tower. And um they're oh damn it, I forgot to do it again. Okay, never mind. Oh my god. Okay, so they go into this uh tower. They they this Richard's team is analyzing the tower to see what's it made out of and what's its purpose. Uh, they don't find out what the purpose is or what it's made out of, but they do find a weak point in the tower. And they you know they're telling the president, hey, uh, we actually found a weak point in this tower. So if if push comes to shove, we we know how to take this tower down. He's like, okay, great, let's do it. And he goes like. But the thing is, we don't know what it does. It's like, so if we take it down or if we damage it in any way, we don't know what the consequence is going to be. And so the president's like, I don't care. Take it down. And the scientists are like, you know what? No, we're not. Because we have no clue what's going to happen if we do. And so the president, like, in a moment of distraction, steals the plans and runs into the tower. And the rock joins him. I forgot the rock was there for a minute. Uh, the rock joins Liam Neeson into the tower to see if they can, uh, you know, uh, tear it down. And, and uh, 
they they make they follow the plans and layouts and they find the that that thing that they were looking for. Uh, they hear noises in the background and they turn around and they see Tom Holland there. He has snuck on the ship as well and to see what's what was going on. And they're like, you know, hey, what you doing here? And it's like, well, you know, I want to help out as much as I can. And so he they they finally make it to this to this area where the weak point is located. And when they make it there, they see what looks like a power source, like a like a weird energy orb thing that looks to be what's powering the tower. They have um they follow the plans and they're like, okay, well according to the plans, if we jiggle these wires or, you know, mess with these cords, we should be able to, you know, short circuit the whole thing and it should fall and collapse. And it's like, okay, let's go for it. And so they try they're messing with it and there there is a power surge. Like a big power surge occurs in the building and it releases a bunch of energy. And it looks like they're like each one of them absorbs some of that energy into them and then but nothing else happens. The tower is still standing. And so the president gets another video message. And it's from the same three beings. Uh, shadowy beings. And they're like, hey, um, we don't like the fact that you're messing with our stuff. That was not part of the deal. And now, because you broke the deal, now we're only going to give you 30 seconds to choose. And they're like, oh shit. You know. Uh, you know, and they're counting down. They're like, you, uh, like, all you, you, we gave you enough time to surrender your earth, but you didn't want to, and you, you want to play with our stuff. Like, nah, that's not going to take. And the thing is still counting down. It's like, well, we're not going to give you our earth. We're not going to give you the planet. And so time runs out. And they're like, oh, well, like, at least we still get to take your stuff by force. And so you see these shadowy beings step out, and you see who these beings are. In the middle, you see what looks like Ganador. Uh, on the left side, you see what looks like Bowser. And on the right side, you see what looks like uh, King K. Rule from Donkey Kong. Uh, Ganondorf is played by... I, I chose Benedict Cumberbatch. Because I thought he was so, pretty wait, cool. Hold, they're not pixelated? Or are they... Uh, they're pixely looking. Okay. Uh, okay. Before you no. say anything, yes, it's Ganondorf. Oh, wait, did I say Gandalf? No, you said Ganondorf. Oh, or well, Ganondorf. You're saying with an L. Ganondorf. He's the only one that's not pixelated. Only because I okay. wanted to really see uh, Benedict Cumberbatch play him. <laughs> um, uh, Bowser and King and King K. Roll. They are pixelated. Uh, and I have Russell Crowe playing Bowser. And then okay. I have Jeff Bridges playing uh, King K. Rule, only because I like his voice. So I can see. Oh, do, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not trying to break your thing. Yes. Do they look like cartoon characters? Do they look like an actual like turtle dragon, but pixelated, and an actual crocodile man, but pixelated? Uh. Well, okay. Here's the thing. When I first like once I actually sat down and read this, I found out that this movie can never be made because it's on Nintendo <laughs> characters. So, um, and so it's... I was like, the only way I can get away with this is if they look like 
at the grill animals, but just pixelated. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm going to go with. Except for Ganondorf. It's going to be a little bit weird to disguise him as a villain. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, Donkey yes. Kong is a character in Pixels. And also, Nintendo is has officially said they are going to be making movies. Okay, well, this would have been the first Pixel movie, then. There we the go. <laughs> and so, they're like, okay, uh, time's up. You broke the rules. We take over your world. And they like, each step back from the light, and you see these characters... Ganondorf in the middle, uh, Bowser in the right, pixelated. So it's going to be all voice acting by that. And and uh, King K. Rule on the left, who's also animated and be voice acted by Jeff Bridges. And um, and they all push a button. And they seem when they push the button, all the towers activate. What the towers do is that they activate like a... Um, what was it called? A like an augmented reality field that covers the entire Earth, mm. and uh, with the tower that the three main characters were in, since they were messing with it, they did damage it. So whenever that tower was activated, it had another power surge. But this this time it was a lot stronger, and a lot more power was released, and they ended up absorbing a lot more energy. And the thing is, I I also mentioned this to you today, and I still somehow forgot to do it. I was supposed to introduce a certain item that each one of them had in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't be just something that, you know, introduced oh, at the end. You did tell me that, I remember. <laughs> and I forgot to do it again. <laughs> you didn't tell me the items, you just told me that uh, you had this. No, yeah, I didn't tell you anything, because you didn't want to know anything, but... um. The thing was, is that they were supposed to have keychains that were like, uh, uh, what are those little Nintendo things? Adobe's? No, not Adobe's. Amobies. Is it? Emoji? No, the the little figures that Nintendo had. Amiibo! Yes, Amiibos. Oh my god! There were supposed to be Amiibo keychains that each one of them had. Um, Liam Neeson had a Mario one. <laughs> uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson had a Donkey Kong one. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Tom, Tom Holland have Link. Tom Holland has Link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh my God. when the when when the power surge happens, like the second one, it kind of activates their their little amiibo keychain things, and then they mm-hmm. take on the the appearance and the abilities of those. Of those little, you know, of their respected <laughs> figures. Um, the thing is that they don't find out because when the power surge happens, they get knocked out, and um, they're actually rescued by you know the teams that were outside, and um, they you know they're each put in like in a separate room, and as they wake up, they start finding out that they've gone through some changes. Um, uh, I have like Tom, uh, Tom Holland. He wakes up first. And he's like, he, he finds that his hair is a lot longer and blonde, and he has pointy ears. He's like, you know, hey, what the hell is happening? And then I have The Rock, he's waking up. Now, he does not turn into a, a, an ape like Donkey Kong. He just gets extremely buff. So he, he looks like himself. Rock. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> himself. Except he has, he has like, bigger feet and bigger hands, like the Beast. Mm-hmm. Uh... So yeah, they're like twice the size of like normal hands. And then Liam Neeson wakes up, 
And when he stands up, he finds out that he's a lot shorter. <laughs> he's chubby. And he has this amazing mustache. Like, amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, again, they're all in a separate room. And once they, like, actually meet up, they find out what, you know, they find out what happened. They're like, hey, am I Mario in a K? Am I Donkey Kong? You know, am I Link? Whatever. Uh, I would think it would be so funny if, like, one of them were like, hey, you're Zelda. And I'd have it be like, oh my god, no! Kind of a thing. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know if the president's daughter is still there, but I feel like she should be the one saying that. Oh, no, oh my god, I totally forgot. <laughs> um, during the whole video thing, when they step back to push the buttons, they, they're they supposed to be like, oh, hey, and by the way, before we crushed the building, we actually kidnapped everyone that was in there. And so they were supposed to step back, and you're supposed to see, you know the president's wife and daughter. And also I was supposed to mention that uh the rock uh ki- the rock kids are there as well because before they left he had sent them to the White House because he thought that was gonna be the safest place to be. And so uh so yeah we have the president's wife playing uh the role of Princess Peach. Uh the daughter playing the role of Princess Zelda and then the two kids playing Didi Kong and I forgot the name of the little girl. The Dixie other Kong? monkey. The other monkey girl. Dixie Kong. Yeah, Dixie Kong. Or Tiny Kong. I mean, there's a whole library of Kongs. Wait, was that's, she? That's getting into the lore. <laughs> but, uh... The deep lore. Yeah, that's happened. So, yeah, they finally wake up. They find out, you know, what actually happened to them. They actually find out that they were, you know, in... I wouldn't say a coma, but they were passed out for a while. Like, a couple of days. Like, Maybe like a week or a week or two, they've been knocked out. So when they walk out, they're you know they're met by you know the research team again. They're like, okay, Mr. President, uh, don't know what's going on with you right now, uh, but the whole world is a disaster right now. It's like, wait, what's going on? What did the towers do? And when they walk out, they see that all of the little villains in these games are running around, and. Uh, and they're pixelated. They're like completely 8-bit, 16-bit characters. So you see little Koopas and Shy Guys running around, destroying the buildings. You see, uh, whenever it turns at night, you see those little zombie creatures from Zelda crawl up from the floor and start destroying everything. And then I can't remember what villains are in Donkey Kong other than like the bees. And, like, the beavers, crocodiles. you got naughties, you got uh, <laughs> Kremlins. Dude, Donkey Kong is the shit. Donkey Kong is the best. I haven't played many Donkey Kong games, but you have a you have a few of Donkey Kong's villains, you know, whatever. And so, um, it gives it, it takes them a while, but they finally understand that you know, hey, we're not we don't want really to look like these characters. We have these characters' powers, and so, uh, Liam Neeson finds out that he can jump pretty high, and whatever he lands on gets completely smushed, no matter what size it is. Oh damn! Yeah, <laughs> um, and then uh, the Rock finds out that if he slaps his hands together really hard, it creates a very powerful sound wave that destroys anything. And um, and also, if he jumps from a high place, he can helicopter anywhere. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to add that in a thing yet, but I really want to add that somewhere. And then Tom uh, finds out that he's really good with. A bow and arrow and 
a boomerang, and a sword. I don't know where he picks those up, but he finds them. And so, basically, the whole thing is that they team up to destroy the first tower in Los Angeles. And they do. All three of them. And so they're like, okay, great. That leaves four more. One in Texas, one in New York, and one in Florida, plus the one in D.C. So each one of them goes and uh, to destroy one of each of the tower. And the thing is, is that once a tower falls, that doesn't end the the uh, the the field it produces. It only the only reason why there's so many is because the further away you get from a tower, the weaker the creatures are, and so the more you use, the stronger they are. So even if there's all but one tower remains, it still projects a whole field around the Earth. It's just that the further you get from that tower, the less, you know, the smaller the creatures get. So, you know, that's less destructive force. Mm-hmm. So even though they did destroy the one in Los Angeles, there's still smaller versions of those creatures, you know, causing a bit of terror in the streets. And so they find out that they have to destroy all, all five of them. Oh, the four remaining ones. And so they do. And so that's pretty much going to be like, I don't know if that's a montage scene or that's later added on, but they go and destroy the rest of the uh, three of the four towers before they meet up in DC. And so they finally meet up in DC to attack the main tower. And so also because I realized that there wasn't many retro games in there other than the uh, Mario one, um, I decided to add Dunk Hunt in this. Mm-hmm. And so once they get to the tower, they see a lot of ducks, like, on, you know, the White House garden. It's like, wait, why are there so many ducks? And so, it's like, and so, you know, like, like oh, I don't know, but we're going to run in there now. And so once oh they open God. the gate, all the ducks fly up, and they start, like, suicide diving and exploding once they make contact. And so they're like, oh, crap, you know, these ducks, they, they explode. They're, these are not regular ducks. And so I want to have, like, this, uh, I don't know. i probably put Kevin James in here, maybe. He comes in as, like, don't worry, I got this. He <laughs> takes out a gun, and he starts shooting all the ducks as they fall. So there you go, yes. a, duck, a, duck, a duck hunt reference. So before and a they even... floor reference. <laughs> You gotta put him in his uniform. I'm sorry. He's protecting a mall. This, this scene takes place in a mall. I'm controlling your story for two seconds. <laughs> They're supposed to be at the White House. I know. I'm sorry. And so... White House mall. <laughs> and so I'll keep Kevin James just to be in this role then. Uh, he comes like, don't worry guys. I got this. I'm an expert in duck hunt. And so he starts shooting the ducks. Before they came to make contact. And so he's providing cover for them. As you know. As they make it into the tower. And so. You know. Each one fights the respective villain. Uh, the Rock fights King K. Rool. And. Um, uh, Mario fights Bowser. And. Uh, Tom fights. Uh, Ganondorf. Correct? Yes. Um, so close. Yeah. <laughs> Gandorf. Gandalf. Gandalf the Grey. That's what he fights. Um, and so they, they win. They beat them because heroes always win. You know, uh, President Liam Neeson saves his wife and kids that were taken. Taken reference there. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is what this was all for. That's the only reason why I wanted to add him there. Cause... So this isn't pixels. <laughs> this is just taken four or five or whichever one it was. Uh, John, I'm gonna edit this whole thing out too, and I'm gonna save this for our taken five episode. Dude, that's uh, just like a fr- like a freaking amazing idea for an episode. Because I I haven't seen the Taken movies, and I know you have. <laughs> but, yeah, they all beat their respective villains. Um, and so he saves his wife, who is Princess Peach in this, and they smooch. Uh, Tom saves uh, Princess Zelda, in this case, and also smooches. And... Rock sees his kids, and they give him a switch on the cheek. And so, they destroy the tower, and the, the whole world is saved. And they celebrate, they give the Rock the, you know, highest medal of honor they can give him. They give, uh... A high five! <laughs> yes. That's the highest medal of honor I can think of! <laughs> and, um... And they, Tom also gets the highest medal of, of honor they can receive, and um, and life is great. The only thing is that they're confused because they don't know how to turn back to normal, <laughs> so they're kind of stuck the way they are. But everyone's pretty okay with it. They're like, "Hey, I don't mind being buff," and Tom is like, "Hey, I don't mind being good with weapons." The only one that really has an issue here is Liam Neeson because he's now. Short, chubby, but he still has a rocking mustache. And so, they saved the world. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> uh, movie ends. Uh, all that tag scribbles over. And, uh, what? There's a post credit scene? Yes, there is. Um, <laughs> do you see, uh, on the, on the, uh, at the very end, of our galaxy, you see a ship flying in high speed, and it just passes by, like, speed of light. And right behind it, you see tiny yellow, red, and blue ships flying by that looks like Galaga ships. (laughs) And then you see centipede creatures fly by, and then it ends there. So, you're telling me that the sequel is just the actual Pixels movie? (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say something? Yes. So, when I asked you about this episode... Yes. I didn't expect you to do this. Then again, I didn't expect to just say what Pixels was. <laughs> um, but I wasn't expecting the Super Smash Bros. Avengers. <laughs> this is what this was. And I'm not disappointed in that at all. It's just because I'm like... Huh, you know, you may have just realize there's not a Super Smash Bros. movie. That would actually be really cool. <laughs> And it's like, it combined a lot of elements together that I wasn't expecting. It felt like Jumanji at first when you're like, oh, they turn into the video game avatars. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess Rocks are doing that again. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, there's, a, there's an old TV show called Captain N the Game Master. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh, this only feels like the spiritual successor, like, like, if they remade it, that's what this would be. This would make a really great TV show. Like, if you just kept on doing more of these. And I'm like, you would never run out of material, because there's so many video games. Mm, yes. 
the other thing is, I don't know if we were run problems with, um, with the, um, Nintendo. Because I use a lot of Nintendo stuff. I did not mean to. I know Nintendo... Okay. Well, I know retro games is what's considered, like, on the, like, Super Nintendo or on, like, the Sega or Atari. And I went with, like, a lot of more modern stuff, like GameCube stuff. So, uh, there's that. But at least I did introduce uh, Yalika and Centipede at the end. Right. No Um, Pac-Man. I just wanted to say, if you guys stuck around this long, uh, I'm very very sorry you guys had to stick around for the first 30 minutes, but (laughs) uh, quick one minute, I'm going to revise my story. (laughs) Because I realized that it would have been more interesting to keep it like the original clip, where the monsters didn't seem to be coming from another planet, but they actually just came from the, from our world. Like, like a, like a Digimon kind of thing where they just kind of like, Oh, they came out of our computers. Uh, because halfway through thinking of, uh, through thinking through, uh, David's story, I remembered, Oh, that's the plot of Tron legacy. Oh, that would have been a lot better than just copying pixels. It's like, (laughs) Oh, that's what the bad guys wanted to do in Tron legacy. What if that actually worked? Oh shit. Oh, here's a bunch of video game monsters trying to kill us all. They're trying to get their revenge on us because they were real this whole time. Oh, God. That would have been so much more interesting than uh, than what I did. I do like how your pixel monsters actually had, like, characters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I didn't want to do a lot of, like, dialogue for them because I'm not a voice actor. Yeah. But I had a lot of dialogue that they would have said. I just forgot to read. That's all good. Plus, I think Benedict Cumberbatch would make a great Ganondorf. Okay, I sent you a message telling you how, how it's spelled. Ganondorf. There you go. I think you're going to give me the most, you know, crap about me saying this than anybody else. Eh, maybe. I don't know. At least I didn't call him uh, Gandalf. Huh? At least I didn't call him Gandalf. No, that's true. You you put an extra D in there. Gandalf. Uh, okay, so I think that wraps it up for today. Yes. Uh, we haven't decided what we're going to be doing next week. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to take it kind of easy next week, though, because uh, if uh, David has... Uh, any indication um i have complained about this episode for a while now because <laughs> i was the i was the one who came up i think uh we i think we both came to the conclusion together uh where i was like hey i want to do another paul blart episode uh where we make uh we take another old movie and just kind of like uh, when, that we've never seen and just kind of like redo it and he's like what about pixels and i'm like uh sure pixels is a good movie to go with it's same territory and just a little different and um, I had to come up with ideas, and as you guys could kind of tell, I wasn't very good at it, because <laughs> this is the most amount of homework that I have ever had in any semester of school, and I don't understand why it's just happening now in my final semester, when all of my classes are electives. <laughs> well, that's what you get when you try to take school easy. Take it easy in school, with uh... electives. But it's my last semester. I can't afford to fail any classes. 
I literally can't afford to fail any classes because I have a loan. <laughs> well, John, I mean, look at the bright side. If you don't make it this semester, you'll definitely make it next semester. No, because I'm just going to drop out of school then. <laughs> I give up after this. I'm sorry. Come May, if I'm not out of school, I'll never go back. <laughs> oh, God. Also, when we graduate, expect to take an episode. Preferably, I would have seen the movie and we just make a sequel. I don't want to do this <laughs> bullshit with a good movie. They're already making a Taken sequel. Wait, is it, wait Taken 4, we're on a train? Yeah, the one that where they're on a train and they steal Liam Neeson's train. So then he has to go get his train back. And then there's Taken 5, which is this movie. Uh, Taken 5. <laughs> uh, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, and then we got Taken 6. Uh, this time I'm the kidnapper? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, plot for Taken 6, I'm the kidnapper? Uh, he ends up kidnapping, um, uh, John Wick's dog. Or new dog, I guess he gets a new dog. And John Wick has to kill him. Oh, God. Wait, the dog? No, no, not the dog! (laughs) Why would you, why would John Wick kill his dog that's been kidnapped? Uh, wait, I didn't, I didn't understand what you were saying. I I'm thought, wait, sorry. Why do you want to kill a dog? Okay, so Liam Neeson accidentally kidnaps uh, somebody very close to John Wick. And so then John Wick has to go and kill t- Liam Neeson because he accidentally kidnapped somebody. Now, when I say accidentally, I'm assuming that he's like a... He's just driving and somebody ends up in his car. I don't know the exact plot, but that's taken six! <laughs> I'm hoping. Oh my god. Okay, we can't do this. Okay. We can't. <laughs> we just can't constantly be making Taken movies. It's gonna get to the point where we have to CGI Liam Neeson into these movies. Taken 7. All the good ideas have been taken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I think that would be a great movie. Oh. Okay, we can't do this. It's like Fast and the Furious. It's easy. (laughs) Speaking of Fast and the Furious, Taken 8, The Rock is in this one. (laughs) He's already in the fifth one. In the fifth uh, Taken movie? In our fifth Taken movie. Oh shit, he is. (laughs) Taken 9, is this seat taken? Okay, this is going up. Okay, I was going to say, I think that's enough. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so very much, guys, for tuning in today's episode. Uh, I do want to give a really quick little uh, thing that I want to say. Um, our comic, our, our comic series, Curse Quest, uh, actually just updated over the last weekend. And if you guys want to uh, go ahead and uh, actually give that thing a look, it's on SciStar.net, uh, which will uh, uh, you see our entire comic, Curse Quest. Um, uh, for the most part, we should have planned out one new page every Friday for the rest of February. 
uh, we're going to see if that's the schedule we're going to stick to or we're going to update it differently for March. But for February right now, it is going to update once a week on Friday. And we hope that you guys um, uh, do catch that. Also, uh, next week's episode, we're going to be doing a little different thing. I know we say that a lot, but we are going to, uh, instead of making something, we are actually just going to chat a little bit about uh, what we are calling our guilty pleasures. So if you are interested in that, tune in next week.